I'm going to read a few verses from there. And uh, Jesus talks about the Father being like a gardener. And he says in uh, John chapter 15 and verse 1, I am the vine, or I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he says in verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away in rivers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Show yourself to be my disciples. So Christianity really is an invitation to come into the household of Father God. And these verses really reveal the heart of the Father to us. And it reveals a heavenly Father, an almighty God, who is absolutely committed to our spiritual and emotional health. That he's a really good gardener. And in this section, Jesus is saying that I want you to understand the way the Father works with us is like a father who wants a wonderful grapevine to be really fruitful really healthy and to be really abundant and he's saying it's to the glory of the gardener that the vine is really healthy really mature and really fruitful and so christianity is a life of walking with a really really good father who's absolutely committed 100 percent to our well-being our development our maturity our health and uh, because these verses tell us that when we look and we growing in maturity, it reflects well on the Father. He's saying he's so committed because it's actually to his glory that we're growing spiritually, that we're growing emotionally, that it reflects well on the Father. He's saying these are the hallmarks of a person who belongs to the Father they're going to bear abundant fruit. And Paul says that to the Philippians, if I remain with you, it will be fruitful for me. And I want us to believe that actually our lives in God, he calls us to be really, really fruitful, to bear abundant fruit. And he wants us to be growing in stature, in maturity, in character. And you might say, what's this fruit then? What does this fruit look like? What's fruit? I can understand that in the context of a vine and branches. I know what really abundant fruit looks like on a vine bush. But what does fruit mean in a person? What does fruit look like in the believer's life? What, does, what kind of fruit is God trying to uh, mature through growing us? And I think it's fruit in areas like each person, the Bible says, is on planet Earth for a reason. Paul says that to 
the Ephesians, he says, for the God's prepared good works for you to do. That each and every one of us is unique in the way we reflect God and the way we're made in his image. Each of us has an assignment from God, a way that we reflect his glory in our daily lives. And he wants us to be fruitful in our assignment, in the works that he's given us to do. He's also given us promises, and he wants us to be fruitful in working out the promises that he's given us. And for every promise that you've got from God, there's a provision from God to do the promise. And so he wants us to bear fruit in our assignment, he wants us to bear fruit as we live out the promises of God in our life. He wants us to have what we need. He wants us to have provision. Fruit is when God breaks in. And that we are demonstrating, actually, we're a people who don't lack any good thing. That God supplies all of our needs richly. He wants us to bear fruit in our encounters in God. He wants us to bear fruit that we know who he is and we trust who he is for us. That we're convinced that Fruit is this journey of becoming a fully convinced people. I'm fully convinced that he is who he says he is. He'll do what he says he'll do. He is to me what he promised to be to me. That's fruit. He wants us to be fruitful in our inner life. And in Galatians um, chapter 5, Paul makes reference to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And talks about the fruit... And he says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's wonderful he says fruit. He doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. He says fruit. It's a singular word. He wants us to be growing all the time in these aspects of we're growing in love, we're growing in joy, we're growing in peace, we're growing in forbearance, how we, how we relate to one another, we're growing in kindness, we're growing in goodness, we're growing in faithfulness, we're growing in gentleness, we're growing in self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is who God is. It's just the fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is God. This is how God sees the world. This is how God thinks. This is how God views situations and circumstances. These fruits are how God speaks to us. He's always going to speak to us with a loving voice. Okay? He's always going to speak to us as one who's never lacking joy. He's never going to speak to us on an off day, on a grumpy day. He's always full of peace. He's always full of forbearance and kindness. He's always good and faithful, gentle and self-control. And he says, this is who I am in my nature. I'm never frustrated. I'm never anxious. I'm never worried. I want you to bear abundant fruit that reflects who I am. I want your life to be so abundantly laden with glorious fruit that your life is a life of joy and confidence. I would say, we want to talk really about the inner life of fruit this morning. The Father is committed to the inner part of who we are, that who we are is bearing great, 
amount of abundance of confidence and joy that we're becoming more and more the, like God in the way God thinks and the way that God sees and the way that God looks at life. He says, I'm never frustrated, I'm never anxious, I'm never worried. This is who I am in my nature. I'm a gardener who's going to prune and shape and clean you so that you walk through life with a new sense of confidence and joy like you've never known. And that's the fruit, I think, that God is most concerned about producing in our life. He loves to provide jobs. He loves to provide visas and houses and he loves to heal. But all those things are signposts that we might see him in his nature, that we might see him in his kindness, that we might see him in his goodness, so that we might be more fully convinced of him and experience more of his love. Because he's a father about a great work. And so that's the, one of the big things that if you look at the world we live in is the quest for joy and the quest for a confidence as you walk through life is a huge quest. I mean, I would put, if someone said to me, Jamie, there are upgrades of joy available. I want it. Upgrades of confidence in life available. I want it. Upgrades in you don't have to live anxious and worried and frustrated and overwhelmed by your circumstance. Who wants it? <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Who gets excited when their phone pings and says there's an upgrade? <laughs> yeah? Who's a little obsessed at the moment looking at uh, there's iPhone 6 coming out? I'm, I'm not actually eligible for an upgrade for a while, so it doesn't matter what my phone pings and tells me. Nothing's happening until October 2015. Well, that's a long way away, isn't it? <laughs> but we, we love it, don't we? I mean, sometimes you, know, you, you text the operator and say, when's my upgrade available? When's my upgrade available? Uh, you know, how many people do that? <laughs> yeah, you want to know, you want my upgrade available. In the Holy Spirit, if you were pinging to God today, when's my upgrade available? It would ping back and say, today. You've got an upgrade due to you today. There was a hotline to heaven and it said, Father, when's my upgrade in joy coming? Am I upgrading confidence? Am I upgrading being fully convinced? When are they coming? Ping this morning. Okay? Now I'm setting you up because I'm going to read a verse that maybe we won't like to hear. But, um, <laughs> but we've all agreed, haven't we, that, um, that we want upgrades. Yeah? We've all agreed? Yeah, yeah we all want it. Yeah. We've just texted heaven and said, when's my upgrade available? Yeah? I want to grow and be like you, Father. I want to have abundant fruit. I want to grow in your character and be like you because you look really happy, Jesus. And you're never frustrated and you want to share your life with me. Right, here it comes. It's in the Bible, okay? James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, oh, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, or the testing of your faith produces an upgrade. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow! 
I want to know about that God, mature, complete, not lacking anything. I've sent that text to heaven. When do I get that? Well, you'll get it, Jamie, when you consider it pure joy when you face various trials. Because the Father, it says in, in John 15, is about cleaning, is about pruning, is about developing the vine. And so when he sees a branch that's really fruitful, it says that he goes and prunes it. And the Bible is clearly saying that one of his methods for cleaning branches, pruning large branches, shaping the vine is through various things that we face in our daily life. It doesn't say consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever God is tempted to get ticked off with you and send something to punish you. It's just saying that Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And so, what we're looking at when we're saying, God, I want upgrades of joy, I want upgrades of peace, I want upgrades of gentleness, I want upgrades of patience, I want upgrades of self-control. I want to be abundantly (laughs) fruitful so that my branches of my life are so full of fruit that it's obvious I belong to someone who's absolutely amazing. That I haven't had to say anything, that there's a joy and a hope and a confidence that we're carrying, that just marks us out as different kinds of people. That we're marked out as belonging to the Father. And he says, it's to my glory that you bear abundant fruit. And so, the Father is about this. He takes everything that impacts us. And the Bible talks about the devil and it says, the devil's agenda is to steal, kill and destroy. And it says, the good shepherd has come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so the Father is saying, look, whatever he throws at you, I can work it all together for good, and I can make that into abundant fruit. So whatever he brings across your path, whatever he tries to steal or kill and destroy in your life, take heart, count it all joy, because it hasn't come from me, it might have come from him with an agenda, but I've got another agenda that's going to be an upgrade of your joy, an upgrade of your confidence in the midst of it. And so every frustration, every setback, every discouragement, everything that crosses our path on a daily basis is an invitation to be cleaned and pruned and shaped so that we might become more fruitful in our lives, in our reflections of God. So that we might lack nothing. And in Luke 15, the father says to the son, he says, Son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. I want to suggest that actually how we relate to trials is a key way of accessing this promise that everything I have is yours. It says, count it all joy. We're not rejoicing in the discomfort or the distress or the frustration or the difficulty or the setback. We're we're rejoicing because... We are understanding that a good gardener is about a great work of pruning in our lives because he's about to give us an upgrade in that area. And Jesus says in John 15, a key to all this then, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You remain in me and I remain in you and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, we, do we agree we cannot produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit? You know, we can't produce it. 
you know, apart from me you can do nothing, which means you can do nothing. It means you can't produce it. You can't start your year saying, this year I'm going to work on patience and gentleness and I'm going to produce that fruit. That would be a bit like a tree that's a seed grunting to, I will become a tree. I will become a tree. I will burst out of this seed and I will produce a trunk and I will produce branches and I will squeeze out some fruit. And it's going to be really hard work. How many have ever seen a tree grunting, straining to get out of the seed and become a tree that bears fruit? How many have seen apple trees grunting to make fruit? They can't do it. Branches can't do it. Actually, what they do is they're planted in the ground, the rain comes, they soak in the rain. The sun comes, they draw on the sun. They put down roots into the nutrients of the soil. They rest and grow, and suddenly fruit appears over time. And Jesus is saying that to embrace the work of the gardener so that you bear much fruit and show hallmarks of belonging in increasing measure, you just need to stick close to the vine. You just need to trust. You just need to trust. To stay in relationship with God in the midst of trials and staying there with expectation that knows that God is doing something, that this will be worked together for my good. That something is going to be grown in my life through what I'm facing right now. God is faithful. God is good. He's a good gardener. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for generations. Something is going to happen. And so we're not casual. We're intentionally abiding. We're not grunting to try and get through, through our own effort, straining. We know we can't produce it. But we're intentionally sticking close to the Father saying, I know you're doing something right now. So when we're hit by various trials, various things, we can say to the Father, what are you up to? What are you up to right now? I know that you're up to something. What are you doing? What does this discouragement What does this frustration, what does this thing that's come across my path, what does it mean for our relationship, Father? Because you've said everything I have is yours. What provision is there from you in the midst of this? Because you said I won't lack anything. You're committed to me being abundantly fruitful. How is this situation going to make me abundantly fruitful. What kind of upgrade are you bringing to me right now, God? What kind of increase of joy am I going to know, God? What kind of increase of gentleness am I going to know, God? What kind of increase of faithfulness and faith and forbearance? What are you doing right now? Because I know you're doing something. It's not us stoically gritting our teeth saying, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to give up. It's just saying, I'm going to look at you, Father, and and do what James says. I'm going to count it pure joy because I know that you're working in the midst of this. And so to abide then, in the final bit, to abide and to stick close 
and to draw on the Father and to draw on the life in the vine that's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And to, to draw on these things is this, we partner with God by, with joy. We partner with God with joy. We're not saying I'm thankful for this situation. We're not saying, oh, I love this situation, may it never go away. We're saying, God, let breakthrough come. God, let provision come. God, let your hand come and do something on this. Let this sickness be healed. Let the doctors find a, a breakthrough, a cure. Let something change in my physical body, in my job circumstances, in my family circumstances, in my visa circumstances, my housing circumstances. We, we're asking him for all those things. And we're saying, all that you have is mine. I want it. But I'm not going to let this trial, this situation go to waste. I'm going to milk it for everything it's got that I might be abundantly fruitful. We partner with God through joy. And in this way, expectation turns frustration into celebration. Because we're rejoicing in God in the midst of it. And let me say that worship and thanksgiving and delighting and rejoicing is how we draw upon the life that's in the Holy Spirit. I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me say that I believe that rejoicing and worship and thanksgiving and celebration is how we draw upon the life that's in the vine. I just think it's a doorway. We enter his courts through thanksgiving, with thanksgiving in our heart. We say, God, I'm going to count this season with joy. This, 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 this thing will not go wasted. And so we can actually ring one another and say, you know what? I'm really blessed today because I've got a trial. <laughs> and your friend will say, I'm so jealous of you. I hope I get one soon. Yeah, this is a good one. And then each day we can say whatever's going on in our life, of impossible circumstances, impossible situations. And if we've got multiples of them, we've got multiple opportunities for upgrades of joy and upgrades of fruitfulness. And suddenly we're the head, not the tail. Suddenly we're, we're more than conquerors. Suddenly we're overcomers. Suddenly we're not under circumstances, we're over such circumstances. Suddenly, actually, our rejoicing and our joy and our thanksgiving and our celebration is frustrating and thwarting the purpose of the enemy. Sometimes we're so busy binding this and loosening that and shouting at that. Maybe the best thing we could do is say, Father, you're a good gardener. You're about a great work. You're upgrading my heart and my life. And I rejoice in you about it. And we're real. We need to be real with God. We need to be honest about our discouragement and our disappointment. We need to be able to say to God, I thought that it would work out like this. I feel a little bit like you let me down, God. I know you didn't, but it just feels a little like I thought you were going to do this. We're not putting on a brave face with God. We're not wearing a mask. We're authentic. We're real. We're honest. But actually, we want that in that place of honesty to turn to, yet I choose to trust that you're a rock that's higher than I, that you are a stronghold, that you are a mighty tower, and that the righteous can run into you and they are safe. I want to turn to that as well. I don't want to stay in just a place of, of self-pity, analysing the thing. I've got to see you, and I've got to know that in the midst of this, you are up to something. And let's believe that through thanksgiving, 
through worship, through celebration. We draw on the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. We find in the context, I'm going to rejoice in you because I know you're up to something, taps us into the life of God. And we start to feel, experience the life of God beginning to bubble up. And then we find outflow and overflow. Just want to say that, that God is wanting us individually and as a corporate body to be a fruitful people. And just to say that it's so crucial how we respond to life. Because he wants to change the inner heart of men and women. So that wherever we are, we've got things to overflow with, to give away. And to be able to say, actually this is who God has been for me. And I can tell you, this is who God will be for you. This is how God made me more than a conqueror through this. He can be that for you. I've got stories of hope. I've got stories of joy. I've got stories to encourage you. Because in the middle of my storm, he really was a rock. And in the middle of my storm, I found a God that I could rejoice in. Can we stand? I'm going to pray for us. And... Uh, Yeah, Father, I want to thank you that you are a good Father. I want to thank you that you are so wonderfully committed to us being abundantly fruitful. And that you want us to reflect on you. And that people would look at us and say, that must be one of his kids. (laughs) That must be one of his kids. That must be one of the king's kids. Because look at the fruit they're bearing. And so I pray, Father, for right now that those decisions to say, in the midst of this, I choose, I choose to count it all joy. And I think this is where we partner with God. That it's not going to go away on its own. You have to give sometimes frustration, anxiety, worry. You have to give it the right foot of fellowship, as it were, and boot it out and say, I'm not listening to that. And I'm not going to partner with that. I'm going to partner with this. My father is up to something. This means something for me. This means something for my relationship with you, God. This means something about my fruitfulness. This means something about the way I'm going to reflect you and bring attention to you. We have to partner with God intentionally. Fear and faith can't occupy the same space at the same time. One of them's got to go. And you get to decide. Joy and grumpiness, they struggle to live together. You have to decide which one you're going to partner with. Which one is going to occupy your heart. This is where we get to partner with God. Fear, anxiety, restlessness... They don't go away on their own. You've got to take the sword to them and learn to say no to negative thinking. You've got to say, halt, you don't pass here. Because I'm going to count it all joy. Because I've got a good father who's about something magnificent in my life. Yeah, make daily decisions, daily choices. I choose to rejoice in him. I choose to turn celebration, frustration into celebration. I choose to thank him and delight in him and draw upon him. Amen.
Amen. Just to say, you don't know the Father, you've never met Jesus, you've never encountered the Holy Spirit, you don't know. We'd love to chat with you and, and talk to you a bit more of actually how you can come into this amazing household of the goodness and kindness and love of God. It's an amazing household, and he's a really, really good father, and he really does love you, and he wants to care for you, and he wants you to know that you can be his son and daughter. He wants you to know, actually, I can adopt you, and I can make you my own, and you can come into this wonderful place where I'll call you son and daughter, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours, and he wants you to know that. If you want to know more about that, we'd love to chat with you. And also, just to say, we'd love to pray for any here this morning who are sick in any way. Yeah, anybody with their left shoulder, we'd love to pray for. Or any other sickness that you need Jesus to bring a breakthrough. He's alive and well, and he's healing today as he did when he walked on the earth. And we do see many times, many weeks, people getting healed. And also, just to say, he's, he's a very generous father, and he's really concerned about your job, he's concerned about your housing issues, he's concerned about visas, he's concerned about the things that trouble you. Even two weeks ago, someone received a visa within two days of someone praying for them, being prayed for, and he's such a good God, and he's so faithful in his willingness and kindness to provide, and his generosity. We'd love to pray for you in any areas of need. We're going to finish there. If, again, just to say, if you haven't received or aren't receiving the weekly email that gives you updates for everything that's happening, there's connect forms at the back. You can fill in one of those and give those to me. That would be great. Have a wonderful week. Um, there's some teas and coffees going to be coming out of the hatch in a moment or two. Please feel free to hang around and get to know one another. And don't worry about the chairs at all. There's no kids' club this week, so you can leave those as they are.